Welcome to Hood Healing. Good evening. This is Lydia with uh, Y with my co-host here. Lydia with the I. (laughs) (laughs) And we are here today to talk about drama-free. We're going to talk about unhealthy family dynamics. Don't be scared. You can learn something from this book. Um, The book we're referencing today is called Drama-Free, A Guide to Managing Unhealthy Family Relationships by Nedra Glover Tawab. And um, so there's lots of good stuff in here. So let's get cracking. Yes, ma'am. And shout out to everybody who bought the book. Got a few people uh, messaging me that they bought the book. So that was awesome. It was great. I'm just super excited about this because a lot of people were like starting to look at this and they were really excited about it. Um, and so, oh shoot, I've got like a whole bunch of notes here. I could have written another book <laughs> <laughs> on my family alone. Um, but I think this information is important because it's going to help people like realize what unhealthy like behaviors and dynamics are, and then hopefully they'll be able to like start to, you know, get rid of those behaviors and start new behaviors that are healthy when they start their own families. Or if you have family, the thing is, I always say this, it's never too late, you know, to get your shit together. (laughs) So, you know, so anyhow, Let's get cracking on what are dysfunctional family dynamics. So I kind of wrote, wrote them down and we're, we'll go through them and then just kind of talk a little bit about how we're going to do things differently for our own families. But, you know, dysfunctional da- family dynamics is this idea, you know, of like forgiving and forgetting, covering up problems, denying problems exist. Um, pretending to be fine, not expressing emotions, using aggression or passive aggression. Um, uh, anyways, we could do a whole a whole <laughs> episode on passive aggression and then gaslighting. And a lot of people use that word like they're like, "Oh, so and so's gaslighting me." I'm like, "Girl, stop using that word because you're not <laughs> using it right." Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that. And then um, talking about things like, you know, patterns of dysfunction, like addiction, neglect, abuse, um, codependency, enmeshment, and boundary boundary violations. So we're going to talk about that as well. So first first of all, (laughs) she talks a lot about uh, how people, like once these sort of like unhealthy, like dysfunctional behaviors start to become like, you know, someone is calling it out in the family um, and why people are scared to do it. So she talks about that, you know, family issues are a reflection of who you are. So a lot of times people will say things like, you know, well, you're fucked up like your family, which, which I hate that because we're all individuals. We all have agency over our own behavior and we learn behaviors to survive. So that's um, one thing, feeling embarrassed or ashamed. And then on the other end of it is if you're the family member who is starting to bring these things to light that are dysfunctional, then there becomes this dynamic of like getting upset and ostracizing that family member, which 
we we have experience with uh, on many <laughs> levels. Yeah. So um, I guess we can start with you know talking a little bit about this idea of when you start to realize that dysfunction is has occurred in your family or is occurring, and what that feels like when your family starts to kind of you know say like hold up. <laughs> Yeah. Don't bring this to our attention. I think Take that's this where, to the management. I think that's where I'm at right now. Like, um, like I'm finally speaking up, you know, letting people know how they make me feel or, you know, what they say. Let them know that whatever it is that they're saying hurts me. And I think they're not used to that. So now they're kind of like taking offense to it, um, which really it's, it sucks, you know what I mean? Because you, you, I feel like I have to distance myself from a lot of my family. Um, because when I, I say how I feel or, you know, what I think, it's like I'm the bad person. You know what I mean? And, and that really sucks. But I mean, I think me being distant with certain family members has helped me become a stronger person as well. And she talks a lot about that, like that there, there is grief that happens when people have to make those kinds of choices. Like you grieve the relationships that you wish you had with your family members, um, that they are just not capable of because, you know, they're just not. And, you know, I think it's hard because we want to have certain types of relationships with our family members. I think our society is always like family first, especially in the Mexican culture. It's always like ride or die for your family. Um, And the, the problem that happens with that mentality is yes, it's great to form a tight bond with your family, but it does not allow people to do shitty things to you. And you just have to like, look the other way just cause you know, they're your family members. Yeah. Some of the abuse that, you know, people that I care about have experienced from their family, I'd be like, would you let a stranger do that shit to you? Hell no. Yeah. Why are you allowing this person to time and time again, keep doing these things, violating your boundaries, not listening to you and gaslighting? I think gaslighting and passive aggression are two of the most, um, you know, like, uh, consistent things that we see in a lot of families. And I think we see passive aggression through social media. Like people will post shit on purpose to hurt your feelings. Amen. They'll, they'll put stuff like, <laughs> and it's like, if you've got that much time on your damn hands, yeah. then you really need to get a life because we're over here living life. We really don't give a fuck. And that's, it's crazy to me because let it be, let it be known that whatever I post, I mean, I'm going through my own shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not posting something because I hear that someone's hurting someone else. You know what I mean? Like, I'm posting this for myself. You know what I mean? And it sucks because you can't even express how you feel anymore without someone freaking right after they see your post, they post something stupid, like trying to, like, throw shade at you. You know what I mean? But whatever. Well, and, um, you know... For me, I've always been really passionate about just 
sharing information about stuff like this, sharing information about mental health, sharing information about like identifying these issues, because, you know, it's some work that I've done for myself. And I've had to, you know, also, I think I've had to redefine my expectations for my parents, my siblings, and just say like, it is what it is. I'm going to stop being angry. I'm going to stop, um, you know, doing things to trigger everybody else. Because to me, it's like, I can't control their behavior. I'm not going to change their mind and how they're going to live their lives. I'm just not going to do that. However, you know, I also am going to put boundaries around how I'm going to interact with you when I'm going to do that. And, you know, like what I'm going to discuss with you or whatever. And, you know, I think that there's definitely grieving that happens because of that. Cause you're, cause sometimes you're disappointed cause it's like not going the way you yeah. want it to. But also I think it's super important for people to understand that when people are doing passive aggressive behavior, they are seriously communicating you know, hurt, but they don't, they don't have the emotional capacity or maturity to tell you or have a conversation. Yeah. So they're just like, I'm hurt. So I'm going to hurt you so I can show you how I feel. And a lot of times little kids do that, right? They, yeah. they, they do some shady ass shit. Like, Which like sucks that. because we're all adults here. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it yeah. just, I think when you start, um, at least for me, now that I'm opening my eyes and, you know, speaking up and not taking anybody's bullshit. It's just, it sucks because you start to notice people's true colors. You know what I mean? Like how they really are. Um, yeah. I also, I want you to kind of like reframe this as thinking about it as people have learned how to deal with the hard stuff in a certain way and they don't know another way. And it's, it's hard not to take that personally or think like they don't love me or they don't care about me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but they don't know how to show you. They don't know how to love you the way that you need to be loved. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I guess I was the first one to cry. <laughs> it's kind of like farting when you first squat with somebody. <laughs> Once you do it, it's like over. Yeah. So I guess we'll be crying more. But this is just hard because you think your family is supposed to love you yeah, and accept you for who you are. And sometimes that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And that's, but you have to let it go to, at a certain point and just say like, um, who are the people that are going to love me yeah. and surround yourself with those people? Like who's going to accept me for who I am and not try to change me or criticize my life or tell me, you know, I should do X, Y, Z. Who are the people that are actually just going to love me for who I am? Yeah. Why do I sound like a Southern lady? That shit. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. Yeah. I was actually talking to a friend today um, and I was just telling Susie about it when I were on the way home. Um, you know, she was telling me like, I hope you, you know, I hope you find peace, you know, and you know, with everything that's going on. And I told her I'm at peace. You know what I mean? It, it took me a long time to get here because for a long time I was, I was the outcast, you know, I was the one being left out, you know, and it would hurt me. Like I would, I would honestly cry, you know, like I would cry to Susie and tell Susie like, why, like, why, 
why am I not included? Or, you know, uh, why are they not, why don't they show me the love that they show other people, you know? And for a long time, it would hurt me. Like, I'm being honest, like, it would hurt me for a long time. And now it's like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't do anything to any of those, you know, any of those people. Um, All I did was I told someone how I felt. I told someone how they made me feel. And that person didn't like it. And then everybody, everybody else didn't like it. And then that was it. It was downhill from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know that I didn't do anything wrong because I simply told this person how I felt, you know, and, you know, they rode with it however they wanted to. And, um, and I told my friend today, I was like, you know what? I'm at peace. And to be honest with you, keeping my distance has made me realize a lot. You know what yeah. I mean? And I surround myself by people who love me, people who really care about me, like you guys, you know, Rosa, Sal, you know, like, you know, just even friends, you know what I mean? Um, and it, it just, I don't know, it, it's just, I think it's part of healing. You know, like you said uh, the other day, um, you know, distancing yourself and, you know, not being around people, it's like you're grieving, you know? And I think that it's getting easier for me to be okay not having those family members around. You know what I mean? Um, but like you said, it's still going to hurt. It still hurts. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I just, I don't care to see any of the shit that they post because I know they do it on purpose. You know, uh, the little quotes that they put, like, I know it's, they're shooting, they're, like, they're throwing it, they're throwing shade at me. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, in the beginning, I was, crying i was hurting but now i'm just like grow up man like if you want to throw shade throw it in my face you don't yeah. have to be putting it on social media or anything like that and whatever i post is what i want to post and, and, and i started getting shit for whatever i was posting too you know well i mean at the end of the day um it's just people who aren't able some people aren't able to communicate their emotions yeah. you know instead of saying like I, I, I don't know how to react to what you told me. And, you know, I think when people, when it ha- comes to negative emotions or the fact that people have to take accountability for how they hurt other people, mm. there's a lot of folks out there, unfortunately, yeah, who have no idea how to do that, how to take accountability. Listen, you know, it took many years of just therapy and like other stuff that I've done to really be self-aware. But, you know, I apologize to my own child. When I go fucking ham, I'm like, I'm so sorry. That was about me, not about you, you know? Um, and I'm sure, you know, I've made mistakes. I, I will fully admit that. And, you know, but I think that there's vulnerability in apologizing. Mm. And if you've never felt safe to be vulnerable, if you've never grown up in an environment where you felt safe to express your feelings, to have those kinds of hard conversations, it's not going to happen unless you go to therapy. You know, I'm not saying you, I'm saying those, the emotionally, you know, immature folks that need to, to do that. And I mean, and I think when you grow up in a Hispanic family, like you can't, you can't even ins- express how you feel because if Not someone, negative stuff, yeah, like if someone does something bad, it's like 
you know, like you talk about it within yourself and then you kind of hush hush because nothing's going on. Nothing's, nothing's wrong. We're happy. You know, like we're a perfect family. No one's perfect. Yeah. She talks, she talks about like how that, you know, impacts like just these dysfunctional family dynamics and like not being able to express emotions. Like we're telling kids very young when they start crying, don't cry. Yeah. Don't no no say you know, and it's like we're taunting children for fucking crying because they're like two years old and they're, you know, tired or they're hungry. They don't have yeah. the words to express it. And then we're getting angry with them when they're doing the behavior starts to escalate to other things or they become people pleasers. So they get, you know, that first girlfriend or boyfriend that's like a little asshole, you know, but these things need to change. And yeah. it's hard. A lot of people are going to push up um, and be resistive to like this kind of change for their family. But she, oops, I'm getting out of control over here. <laughs> she talks about like, as an adult, what does it look like when you do grow up in these dysfunctional family dynamics? And, you know, one of our uh, dysfunctional family dynamic was addiction. Um, you know, I had a father that was and still still is an active i mean a marijuana addict i mean if you're gonna be if we're gonna be um you know open and honest no tea no shade dad but so um and it it really impacts your mental health it it impacts your ability to grow up and trust people because you're constantly covering up for that person. Yeah. I mean, I remember so many times where like, um, people like would be like, Oh, you know, we'd be lying on the phone. People would be calling for my dad and he would be like passed out. Cause he got high and they'd, you know, I would be like, Oh, he, you know, my mom would tell, be like, tell them he's not here. And it's like when you're asking kids to do that, to lie for their parents because you're covering up their addiction, like, yeah. you know, that's not okay. And it also creates this dynamic of codependency. So either mom or, and then sometimes if you have siblings that are addicts, then they kind of start to do this. I'm going to protect you and cover up. I'm not, we're not going to talk about that you're an addict, but we're going to start you know, trying to make excuses for you. So people don't look at our family in this way. Yeah. I think that's how it was with me too. When I was, um, you know, when I was doing my, my stupid shit or whatever, um, a lot of people would, would give my, my grandma shit for, you know, for still having me around for, you know, still helping me out when I needed help. You know what I mean? Like, and to her, everything was fine. You know, we were all fine. Everything was fine. Like, you know, it was just a little, you know, phase I was going through or whatnot. And, you know, to put all those rumors at rest, like, she is not to blame about anything that I was going through. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was there for me because she would listen to me whenever I was whenever I was having a bad day or anything like stuff like that. But she is not responsible for my addiction. You know, like. So, because I often hear, even now, talking to family members who are drunk, they try to be like, oh, well, your grandma had a lot to do with it. No, she did not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did what I did because I wanted to. 
You know what I'm saying? From your trauma that someone else in the family <laughs> inflicted on you. You yeah, know, it wasn't like, your grandma. She had nothing to do with it. And, and you know, I, even to this day, if we're drinking and hanging out, like, there's people that, you know, will, you know, if your grandma wouldn't have been there for you. Like, this bro. is a Lita, uh, Lita for, uh, shade free. Yeah, it really is. Like, don't, <laughs> like I, mean, I would ride for, for my grandma. So, like, when pe people start, like, talking about my past, like, bro, I don't live there no more. Like, stop bringing that shit up. Like, I overcame all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't a therapist. So I ain't going to sit here and talk to you about my past. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's like, girl, I own a house and I am have a good ass job. So relax yeah. over there. But, you know, I think one of, one of the things that, um, that I read in here that I, that I bookmarked, I bookmarked a couple of things. And I think emotional neglect and emotional abuse were two things that, um, I noticed that I've probably experienced and someone very close to me has probably experienced. And, um, it's like not being there when it matters. I think it's hard because when you have parents that have gone through trauma yeah. and they just are out of their bodies, like they, they truly are just not in the space to parent a child. Cause it's fucking hard. Yeah. I mean, it's hard as hell. Then you see some of these things happening and you don't think this is a possibility. Um, and it's like, you feel these things, you feel a certain way about your family or your parents. And you're like, why do I feel that way? Especially when they put a roof over my head sometimes, or they've, you know, like they've, they've done all these things for me to physically take care of me, but emotionally have they taken care of me? And I think this, these two sections, especially were important for me in understanding, like, what am I doing for my own child? Yeah. Like, how am I changing this for her? Um, so like emotional neglect is not being there when it matters, expecting kids to be many versions of themselves. So like having parents who want to live their dreams out in their children because they weren't able to do certain things, dismissing emotions like, Oh, you're not like, <laughs> I you're mean, not sad. You're not, depressed. you're not sad. You're not depressed. Even though, you know, I was like 13 writing the suicide note. Yeah. Requ <laughs> Holy shit. I know. And it was like, there, you're too young to be depressed. It's all like, lady. I'm over here trying to freaking write about ending my damn life. Like, yes, I am requiring children to take care of themselves with no support or supervision, which a lot of my, my mom was a stay at home mom for the most part. But I think, uh, if we were left with my dad, it was like, all hell broke loose. Really? Like he was just not there. Um, and when we talk about emotionally immature parents, he's definitely one type of, the, of those parents. Um, and I think he's trying to make up for it now that I'm older. Yeah. Cause I feel like now he's getting older and he wants, he, he wants to have that connection. Um, but when you experience these things, it can be very difficult to just put it to the side. Like, we have a great relationship on the surface, like a superficial, like we can talk about stuff and chat, but like, do I go to him if I'm having problems? Well, hell no, because I don't, I don't think he has the capacity to talk, to talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I can probably go to my mom sometimes depending on what the issue is, but like for him, like he gets too, he gets too overwhelmed. <laughs> 
um, not allowing children to show vulnerability. So that's that going back to like not letting kids cry or if like, especially this fucking pisses me off to no end when someone has a little boy and the little boy's like sh- having a tender moment, they're like, don't be a, and a lot of times they'll say the F word, like the der- derogatory word for a gay, uh, gay yeah. person, or they'll say like, oh, you're being gay. It's like, what the fuck? First of all, it's homophobic. Yeah. And second of all, it y'all, the dads don't say that shit. You need to go to fucking therapy. <laughs> and your son's going to go to therapy if you don't knock that shit off. Yeah. I'm um, showing little or no interest in getting to know their children. I'm going to be the best parent. <laughs> Bet that. Well, you know, now, now you, now you know, you're no, you know, this stuff or you're getting to know this stuff. Yeah. Right. So you can prepare yourself. So this in itself is just a huge gift. Yeah. So, but like showing emotional distance, you know, lacking rules or structure or parenting while distracted, um, which is just this idea that, you know, you're like on your phone, which I, I mean, I've totally done this, but you know, when you're supposed to be present with your child, you're like, I'm watching this or I'm doing this all the time. Not just like every, you know, everybody needs a break, but you know, um, but emotional abuse is these are, I'm going to point out a couple of things that I thought were really interesting. And one was the silent treatment. Mm. And it's like, a lot of people will not understand like why that is abusive, but it is because you're basically telling someone like you don't exist to me. And if it's someone that you love, like that can really make you feel like shit. You know, when I would do something bad, and my grandma would give me the sound tune, that shit would kill me. You know what I mean? Like, and that was when I was little. So now as an adult, um, she doesn't give me the sound tune. She loves me. But I mean, other people that should be there for me, you know, like should be reaching out to me and calling me and checking up on me. They don't. And I think that the silent treatment for a long time would hurt. And now I'm just, I think I'm so used to, that pain, you know what I mean? And that emptiness that I'm just kind of like, just another day. It's just another day. You know what I mean? And that's like, so sad to me that you have gotten used to someone basically abusing you in that way, Yeah, you know? And, um, it's, it's also this idea that how could someone who loves you so much act as if you don't exist? Do they love me though? Do they? Well, I mean, I mean it, and I think that's like the hard part. Cause it's like, well, this, per, you know, sometimes these folks just have had so much trauma themselves yeah. that, you know, they're experiencing, it's almost like they're going into this place where they're living outside of their body. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there's been times where I'm so overwhelmed. I'm like running around the house and I, I, uh, you know, like later on, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have a bruise on my leg because I'm literally outside of my body. I'm like, girl, where are you at? <laughs> um, but you know, I think the other, the other part of this is, you know, making fun of people for expressing emotions. I remember being little and I have always been a crier. 
I have always been somebody that's very sensitive. Y'all, I'm that person that watches like a movie and I'm like, like me totally <laughs> crying. But I have been told my whole life that there's something wrong with me for doing that. What the, heck? <laughs> what the hell? It's like, oh, you're always crying. Why are you always crying? Right. And I just think that's also a cultural thing. Yeah. You know? But I also think if you're not emotionally mature to like deal with that or talk through it with your child, because of course I had a child that was just like that and I used to feel so frustrated. And I think it was because I felt like, well, what's wrong? And I felt helpless. And so I would just be like, get angry because I feel like anger has been framed as like this strong emotion where it's like you can get angry but you can't get sad yeah which is really fucked up (laughs) that's why we're all that's why we're reading this book now (laughs) um and then gaslighting gaslighting is fucking emotional abuse 101 yeah and we know someone who is a master at this and has done it to several of us including myself And it's kind of like this thing like, well, I've never done that. And why do you think I would do that? And, um, you're, you're, I don't know who, who said that I didn't say it. And it's like, I literally heard those words come out of your mouth. Yeah. I was there. And then, (laughs) yeah. And then you're kind of like, wait a minute, is this true? So you start to question your own reality. That was me. You're like, oh shit! Did what? Wait, did that happen? I like, did I say that? My Am I crazy? Yeah, girl, you ain't crazy. They are. Just kidding. I don't like to use that word, but <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely you're trying to you're trying to manipulate someone into thinking like that that what they think is wrong. You're trying to control the narrative, and it's very very manipulative behavior. I think that's how it is, or it was, with my family. You know, like. Or where you're to blame because you're not coming around or you're to blame because you're not finding time to spend with us or whatever. But it's like, why? Like, why should I come around if you're going to make me feel like shit? Why should I come around when I fucking feel like an outsider? You know what I'm saying? Like, and then when they would turn around and either message me or tell me, well, you, 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 this, you, that, you, that. I would literally sit here at home and be like, maybe it is me. You know, like maybe it is me. Uh, maybe I am the reason. Maybe I'm not trying, but I was trying because I would come around. I would call. I would text. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I don't know, dude. Like, I'm now I'm smart now. I got my sh- got my fucking. You know what I'm saying? Like, I now it's like you can't pull that shit on me. And I think that's what ups- upsets my family. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard because like part of the emotional abuse that she outlines here is blaming others for your feelings. So it's sort of like, well, which there's a difference between telling someone how their actions have impacted you versus a parent or somebody that's saying like, well, you make me feel sad because you don't, you know, come around. So that's a little bit different. So there is like this difference. Um, And I think that these are again, like these are behaviors that have been learned from generation to generation. So I think it's important just to, for everyone to understand that piece. And it's like, we are stopping it here. 
Like that's why we do this. That's why we talk about this stuff, regardless of how people react to it. Cause there's going to be people who listen probably in secret to this and they're yeah. like pissed off about it. Cause we're talking about, you know, our experiences and they, their perception might be different. And that's that it is what it is. Right. And you know, what's crazy is that you don't have to tell me that you're listening, but your actions tell me that you're listening. Girl, we see those social media. You know what I'm saying? No, like, just kidding. Like, we blocked everybody, but no, it's but okay. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, you don't, you don't have to tell me, Hey, you know what? I'm listening to your podcast or I'm watching you on YouTube. Like your actions say it all. Other people are telling us just joking. Yeah. But, um, so what happens when this abuse occurs is we have like, it results in these behaviors that we start to engage in because we're trying to survive this environment. And that's like, um, fear of setting boundaries, feeling anxious, having mental health issues, you know, searching for answers as to why feeling lonely, um, unconsciously self-sabotaging, which is like when you start to do like, let's say for example, I think this is probably something a lot of people can, um, relate to, but like, if you wanted to go back to school, and you start the process and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm too stupid to do this. So you just are like, fuck it. You know, you start just mi missing a deadline and then you just drop it all together. And that's like self-sabotage because of the stuff we've been told, like, yeah. you know, like we can't do it. Um, having issues forming secure attachments with people. So those people, Tom Sandoval, this is for you. I'm talking to you. Please heal your um, abusive past. Just kidding. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I think no tea, no shade. But like, especially those guys that just cannot commit to relationships. They're like looking for the next best thing. Oh, yeah. Everything. There's some healing that needs to happen. Like if you can't fucking have a secure attachment with another human being there's something wrong there yeah i mean and that's anybody i'm not talking just about guys although you know some guys like to make it look fun it's like there's something that has happened so please stop fucking up with all these girls <laughs> that have to go to therapy after going out with your asses um and then you know what happens is then we end up repeating the cycle yeah unless we start to say like that's fucked up we are not gonna do that anymore i remember speaking of which when i had my child my mom was very critical of my parenting and i just thought in my head like lady <laughs> chill out you taught me how to be this parent so yeah. what are you criticizing i'm doing everything that you've done to me which really sucks yeah but, um, but then I, you know, I, I realized that it's not healthy for me to do that. So I went back to therapy and then started to do a lot of this work. And there's a lot of guilt that you have when you're a parent, you realize like, I did some fucked up shit to my child already, but thankfully <laughs> we got still some more years here, <laughs> but I mean, too, it's like, it's never too late. Like you don't just stop being a parent when your child turns 18. Mm. Nope. I hate when people say that. Cause it's yeah. just, it's not true. Like when you have a child, you're that child is yours till the end of your life. So you have the opportunity to do right by that child. 
and have that relationship that is healthy and recognize how this kind of stuff impacts your, you in your daily life. Yeah. Cause it doesn't just impact you in your family or with your kids or your partner, but it also can impact you in the workplace. Cause we work with some of those people. <laughs> I'm like, y'all need to fucking cool your jets and regulate your ass. Cause you can't be fucking going off on people at work and cussing people out. Cause that is so unprofessional. <laughs> but it's true, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I love everybody. Not really. <laughs> but it but it's like, you know, how do you get yourself um in a healthy place where you can actually enjoy your life? You know what I mean? Yeah. You're getting there. I see little by it. Little. I think before, like I said, like, and I will, I love, I love my family. You know what I'm saying? Like, I will, I don't hate anybody. I don't, I love my family to do, you know, like they're my world, but I love me too. You know, I, I love me more and mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit around and allow my loved ones to continue to hurt me. You know what I mean? Which is why I'm making all these changes, which is why I'm, you know, staying away, which is why I'm, you know, distancing myself more and more, you know. Um, and this has, not, once again, this has nothing to do with anybody. I'd just rather be drama free. I'd rather be happy, have my partner happy. Not that my partner cared to be around my family because she doesn't. It's just when you, you make someone feel, out of place like why why be there girl <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah but and i'm also like i'm really looking forward to my first therapy session i'm very proud of you for taking that step mm -hmm. and i think that it's gonna really change the way that you see things yeah and i think it's just i think it's tough in the beginning and I think it's just like you start to take off. It's like taking off the scabs of like all of these wounds and going back and making sure they heal right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So like it hurts sometimes in the beginning or you just feel like, you know, I, I know there's been people that I know that have started therapy and they're, they're like, I hated it. And they just stopped. Um, and I mean, sometimes you, you may not have the right therapist for you, but I also think a rule of thumb is wait like a couple of months to see how things go because you're still building a relationship with yeah. that person. Um, and sometimes they tell you stuff. You're like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and then you're like, oh shit, I do do that. And like, that's not okay. I remember my first therapist, she was like this, um, this like, very tall Latina lesbian. And she was just yeah. like, rough. <laughs> she was like a rough, you know, she was just like, had a very raspy voice. And yeah. <laughs> she was, I remember I went in there and I was like complaining and I had this like awful roommate and I was just like, eh, you know, like going in there, like venting. And she just was like, okay, stop, stop. So, and I was talking about like something that had happened and I was like kind of a 
bitch to my old roommate and then she was a bitch back or I don't know. She probably, she probably started it because, you know, she wasn't very nice. And she goes, <laughs> all right, just ignore my question. Wait, what? Do you still talk to her or no? No, no, we're not. We're not friends at all. Like we weren't even really friends. It was just like a desperate living situation. Dang. But anyways, so I was like, you know, complaining and she was like, well, what makes it okay for you to do that? And not her. And I was like, damn it, lady, just be on my side. <laughs> and, but it did get, it did have, like, I was, I was able to kind of like reflect and be like, fuck, I guess I, I, you know, it's like, I guess I am doing that. So that's probably not helping the dynamic anyways. Mm. It it was. And then I was like, fuck this lady. I'm finding another one. I'm like blue cross <laughs> customer <that> service <laughs> line. But, um, I stuck with her and, um, I feel like, you know, it ended up, it ended up being like, I think a good start for me to not feel embarrassed or ashamed of like going here and talking about things that, you know, I felt like maybe even the way you're treated, I think sometimes you can gaslight yourself and say like, well, you know, maybe I'm just not worthy of being treated in a nice way, you know? And then you go to therapy and you're like, fuck that shit. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I think, you know, we can do that with people where we can try to change ourselves or, you know, I mean, I'll speak from a, um, as a straight, a straight woman in a relationship with a man, like you kind of get into this like stereotype of I'm going to do everything for my husband, Mm. you know? And I'm going to cook. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make everything from scratch because I do that shit. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to fucking do it because, you know, that's how I am. I'm very intense. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a fucking intense person. Um, And my, you know, I think that was when I was unhappiest. When you were doing everything. Yeah. Because I was like, what the fuck? What's for me? Yeah. You know, what, what can I have for myself? Um, and I was just doing it for everyone to look back at him and say like, wow, she's educated, which actually most of these people didn't give a fuck, but yes, I got a master's degree. I've got almost two master's degree here over here, (laughs) but to a a traditional Mexican family, I guess they don't give a shit about education. Um, but was my house clean? Was my child, you know, always looking together was my husband looking together was i looking together like this bitch was at barbecue with four inch heels you know and i was so unhappy because it was like what was for me yeah you know but i think that's part of that you know unhealthy dynamic of you do everything it's like codependency you do everything for everyone but yourself goes back to Latino families, you know, like you're raised to, you know, be there for your, I mean, I was for your man. I ain't got no man. I got a wife. For your partner. Yeah. For your your partner. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you have to cook for them. You have to clean for them. And it's like, it's, it's not like that. You know, you're a team, you're working as a team. You're cooking together, you know, like you're cleaning together. Susie's probably like, motherfucker, you don't even get out of the couch. <laughs> no, but I do help her. Uh, I think we make a good team. And I think you and Frank You mow the lawn. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. But 
I think the hard part was when I had to start to set boundaries. I could tell that, that he used to get upset. Like he would get mad. Because that's how he grew up. You know yeah, and do it in a really passive aggressive way. Like do the do the silent treatment. I'd be like, motherfucker, that's emotional abuse. Don't be doing that shit. And he'd be like, oh, I'm not doing anything. And I'm like, don't fucking gaslight me. What? Like he <laughs> You're all throwing all these words at him. Like, he was all, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> you know? But I'm yeah. like, no, for reals. Like you cannot do that shit. I'm like, that may be something you saw in your own family, but yeah. you are not gonna pull that shit on me, motherfucker. Not today, motherfucker. <laughs> today bitch not today (laughs) (laughs) sorry i i I got into the i got into a reenactment moment but but i do think it's like we both bring our dynamics to the relationship yeah so we really had to be conscious of that and say like listen we have to do better we cannot fucking relive this shit anymore because I don't want to be in a marriage or a, have a family where we're doing shit to each other, like, you know, not respecting each other's emotions, not respecting each other's boundaries, not respecting, you know, each other as husband and wife, um, and not respecting each other, you know, as human beings. Like, yeah. that's not okay. So. You know, it's hard. We have we had to have a lot of discussions. There was a lot of therapy involved in that. When you're married to someone for 22 years and you spend <laughs> 20 years doing some of this shit, you have to like really step back and figure out what do I need to do to heal myself and what do we need to do together in our relationship and what, what we, what do we need to do to heal as parents? Yeah. I think you have an advantage of doing this work before you become a parent. Yeah. Cause your experience is going to be very different. Hell yeah. I ain't doing, sh- I ain't doing any of what I was brought up. Scene, you know what I'm saying? Like none of the, none of that shit. Hell no. Well, you know, my we baby all... ain't touching the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Well, I mean, the other thing is that, like, there are things that we can take from our family and our child, our childhood that Heck were yeah. positive, right? Yeah. We have we can't forget about those things, like, um, you know, if if you lived in poverty, you're parents taught you how to be a fucking hustler. Like you weren't over here crying because you missed a Nordstrom sale. Yeah. Uh, Although sometimes I do, but you know, but my parents taught me to work hard and they also both taught me to be, you know, helpful to other people to just be one of those people that will step up for others. And I can say for certain that um, my siblings and I, and even my parents do that. Like my parents are just those people that, they'll just pop up and do what they need to do to help somebody. Like yeah. they're, they just have those, those kinds of hearts. Um, and you know, we have to take the good, but we have to leave the bad. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not even throwing shade at my parents. You know what I'm saying? Like my mom was a stay at home mom always had like our soup, you know, our sandwiches ready for us when we got home from school. Like she, she was, she was, she was a great mom, you know what I'm saying? My dad, hard worker, always, you know, bought us whatever we wanted, you know, always, you know, we had the best shoes, best bikes, you know what I'm saying? Like, we had everything, thanks to my pops, you know what I'm saying? 
Uh, so I'm not shading them at all when it comes to stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like the good stuff. Like you said, you want to take the good stuff with you as well. They gave us a really good childhood. You know what I'm saying? And so did my grandparents. You know what I mean? Like like I said on the last mm-hmm. podcast, like if it wasn't for my, my grandparents, I probably wouldn't even have gotten on an airplane until like I was an adult. You know what I'm saying? And besides what happened to me, you know, being abused by a family member, like besides that, I can honestly say that I had the best childhood ever, you know, and that's what I'm going to do for my child too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like, we are, we are just learning more and doing more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think about like, all of the, and, and I think one big factor in a lot of what we experience is just, you know, like having immigrant families that come here and like the trauma of immigrating to the United States, especially as Mexican people, like we can do a whole podcast on that (laughs) shit, which we will, but you know, but it's true. Like if you have parents that are immigrants, I mean, my parents are first generations, my dad, I think, is considered second. But first-generation parents who've had immigrant parents, it's like there's a whole layer to what you experience. Yeah. Like There's a cultural difference coming here. But immigrating here for pe- most people is not is it's traumatic. It's like you come here and, and if you don't know the language, like trying to just survive, you're in survival mode for many, many years. And I think that that can also be a dynamic yeah. in in that you know that can add to like for example you know addiction and things like that it's like what happened to you that you know you're doing you're engaging in that behavior and i think if we start to even look at our families and say like i wonder what's happening for you right now or what happened to you before i think about that all the time you know, I think that that can help you sort of like move through that grief part and kind of accept like, this is how they, this is how they are. And I don't, I don't mean that in a way like to be rude or or anything, but like, we have to just accept people we love as they are, but that doesn't mean we have to accept their behavior. So there's a difference there, right? Yeah. Like I love my family. I love my parents. I love my siblings. I'm going to accept them as they are. Amen. <laughs> Am I going to spend every day with them? Probably nah. not. And that, and that's not, uh, that doesn't mean I don't love or care about them. Cause I do. And trust me, my, my fucking family rolls up their rider dies. <laughs> if my child has something, they're right there in the front row. If, um, my nephew has something, I'm there when I can be. And, yeah. you know, I'm there too for him. And, you know, like when something happens where this is how my, how we are with each other. And if something happens, it's challenging. Like we're all up in each other's shit. Like the, after we get the call, you know, and that's just how we are. Like we're just those people. But, I think we've also, you know, can trigger, trigger each other. So we've had to learn how to like limit our time around each other because we still haven't figured out how not to do that, (laughs) which is, which, which everyone is, I feel working on that in their own way. And I I think I'm very proud of my siblings because we're recognizing that like this shit is not all right. 
we got to figure out how to stop this. Shout out to Lynette. <laughs> the homie. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's tough, but it is tough when there's things that are occurring for your partner. Yeah. You know, there's dysfunction occurring within your partner's family dynamic that starts to seep into your partnership or your marriage. Yeah. That's when you got to put a stop to it. Boy, it should get worse. But two, I think, um, you know, for their sort of challenges they have in their own family, right? You know, how do you sort of support her um, knowing what you know about how she supports you? How do I support her? I, I try to give her the best advice that I can. You know, I try to be there for her, hear her out. And just like she does to me, you know, like she tells me when I'm wrong and I tell her when she's wrong, whether she likes it or not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but it's like Susie's special. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she's very special. Like if she's wrong, she'll admit that she's wrong. You know what I'm saying? And right now, like, I mean, things aren't the way that she would want them to be. But, I mean, just being there for her. That, that's all I can do right now. You know, I can be there for her. I mean, I can tell her, you know, do this, do that. And she'll do it when she's ready. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just sucks how things are, like, on both sides of the families. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, you know, some people will say I'm siding with her because she's my wife. As far as whatever is You're all, yes, I am. Whatever's going on with her family, but... I mean, like I said, if she's wrong, she's wrong. And right now, I don't think she's done anything wrong. Yeah. You know, like um, like every other family, like everybody has their issues. And I can honest to God say that she is not wrong. What she's doing is the same as me. Yeah. She's so used to always being the peacemaker or putting her pride aside to make things better, to unite her family. And for the first time, she's like, no, I'm doing me. I'm... I'm not wrong. I was right. You know what I did. I put my foot down and other people don't like it. And then, oh, well, you know? What yeah. I mean? And I think that's like the cool, like the, um, and, and meshment that, yeah. um, they talk about in the book is like when you're so entrenched with each other, like they take ride or die too, too yeah. seriously. I mean, part of loving people is also having them be accountable. Like, holding them accountable for when they do things that are hurtful and, you know, um, like I, I try very hard to model that. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was an incident where somebody like basically said that they were uncomfortable with something I did. And I said, like, I'm really sorry. That wasn't my intention, but you're hurt. So I'm sorry for that. Yeah. Um, and you know, but, but on the same token, when they've done that behavior and was what it was brought up to them, it was like, well, that's your problem, not mine. Yeah. And it's like, wait, hold up. When you're in relationship with people, you can't do that shit. Like yeah. that's not okay. And when you have a partner that is experiencing, you know, 
a lot of shit, a lot of shit like gaslighting and, you know, this enmeshment where it's like, oh, you brought something up that made one person with a lot of power in our family upset. Then guess what? We're fucking icing your ass out. Yeah. Um, the choice has to be made. Are you going to continue to engage in like this back and forth? I made the decision for myself. I was like, peace. I have done this for 22 years. I refuse to be disrespected anymore. Yeah. Um, I ain't doing it. Peace out. I I have no. And the thing is, is it even, you know, I I allow my child, I allow my partner to do what they need to do because it's their relationship and it's different. Yeah. But for me, I was like, I love myself too much to continually be disrespected, have my marriage disrespected, um, you know, have people, you know, doing really passive aggressive shit, like screenshotting my posts on frick fucking Instagram and sharing it with other people that shouldn't have been looking at it. Yeah. Um, and it's like, if you have that much fucking time on your hands where you are actively trying to hurt me, I feel really sorry for you. Like, obviously you're hurting so bad. Like you've got a lot of trauma that you need to heal. You need to get on that path because I'm living my best life over here. (laughs) And, you know, that's when I kind of was like, the mute button is your friend. (laughs) And so is deleting people. Delete. How about you? How are you there? Because like we're talking, like we're talking about right now, like Frank's going through his, his shit too. Like, how are you there for him? Like, I know you said allowing him to make his own decisions on what's going on, but how, like, what do you do as far as being there for him? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just listen to him. Yeah. We talk. Sometimes I have to be like, you don't deserve that. You do not fucking deserve that shit. And I'm like Susie. I'm like fucking Donkey Kong. Like I'm ready to smash. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm not smashed sexually, but be like, yeah, <laughs> be like, whose head do I got to bash? Like, no, mm. but, um, but for me, it's like, it hurts me so much to see that. Yeah. Like, seriously, it's, it's really hard for me Yeah, to see him go through that. I love that man so much. Like he doesn't deserve that. <sighs> Sorry. We need tissue in here next time. Girl. That one's your, that's your department. Um, and I'm not sorry for fucking crying because it's You horrible. shouldn't be. Yeah. It's okay. Oh, my sweater. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I think that's where Susie's at too. Like, like I said, like, I think it's it's getting easier for me to be okay without my loved ones in my life. You know what I'm saying? But she tells me like you're getting better at it, but yeah. you, I I know it hurts you. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like she's like you. Like she'll start crying and she'll tell me like, you know, I love you, and it hurts me to see you like that. Like, what can I do to help you? And honestly, just being there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And when me and Frank, you know, like me and Frank sit and talk, like we're going through the same shit. You know what I'm saying? Like we're going through the same shit. And honestly, like. I think having him there and, you know, letting me know what, you know, his thoughts, his feelings, like, I think that helps me too. You know what I'm saying? Because hearing him out and I think I've been going through it 
longer than he has maybe because you guys were in San Jose. You know what I'm saying? So once you guys got here, that's when he started going through all this bullshit. Uh, but I've been going through it for a long time, you know? Yeah. So I think that's how we lean on each other. And like you said, like Susie will ride for me. She tells me like, I will fuck anybody up who fucking hurts you. And, <laughs> you know, like she's like, I try to be there for you, but I feel like it's not enough. It's enough. You know what I'm saying? Like you listening to me, you telling me it's going to be okay is enough for me. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and you know, when me and Frank talk, like you being there for him, even though he doesn't say it, it means a lot to me. You don't say shit to me. But I, I mean, I told you, like, it, 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 it means a lot to him. You being there yeah. for him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and also he's a guy, you know, like, and I know. I know you always talk about it too. Like guys should express how they feel. Guys should go to therapy and whatnot. And I just feel like he feels maybe that he's supposed to be strong, you know, the strong one in the relationship, yeah. you know what I mean? But he appreciates, you know, being there for him and, and um, like I told him, like, it's hard. I think because it's so fresh to him, I told him it's hard. Like, it, it, you're, it, it's like you said, you're coping with loss because you no longer have these people, you know, coming around you and whatnot. So it, it gets easier in time. But just talking about it and crying, because I always tell him, like, bro, like, how the fuck do you not cry? Like, his eyes get watery, but he doesn't cry. And I told him, you know, sometimes you just got to cry it out. You know what I'm saying? Like. You got to let it out, but not, not to throw his shit out there, but he has. And yeah. ooh, like for me, I mean, I'm always crying. Like I, me and too. I've, I feel like I've been through some of this with my own family and I feel like we're in a, we're in a good place now. Like I can, you know, we're, we're, we're in a better place, but I know it's hard because, you know, I just, it's, I think he has told, like even said, he doesn't feel hopeful. It's going to get better for him. And I think that's the thing that's like so devastating to hear. Cause for him, like this relationship means so much, Yeah. but he'll never get apologies. He'll never get like changed behavior. And I'm like, are you willing to get, keep getting hurt? Cause it's just going to keep happening. Like yeah. me, I'm fucking done. Like peace out. But I told him, Honestly, I can say like all the years in the, in the first year we were married, it was awful. It was horrible. I, I did cry a lot. And then after that, I was like, I really don't fucking care anymore. Yeah. And I, I really don't. And I told him it's easy for me to walk away because I don't, I've never had relationships with these people, like not a meaningful relationship. No one has ever attempted to like get to know me. Um, no one has ever attempted to like have a relationship with me apart from being your wife that they have to tolerate. Yeah. So for me, it's easy to walk away and just say, I don't need to be around these folks. Like, yeah. you know, I wish no one bad because to Same. me, it's like, I hope, I hope life is good to you all, but I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's just like, I'm just, um, I'm just done. Like I, you know, at first I, I was kind of like pissed off, like, because I allowed people to treat me in a way that was just utterly disrespectful. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to give my energy for that. Yeah. <laughs> because to me, it's like, if you're giving your energy for anger, then that means you care. And I'm honestly like, whatever. Um, and 
you know, I've encouraged my own child, like those are your, those are your relatives. (laughs) Um, you know, they have, they have my child's number. They can reach out if they want to. They have not according to my child, which. And that's, that's that's, what, that's what sucks like big time. Like, and that's, like I said, me and Susie learn a lot from you guys. And that's something that I do not want to put my child through when God blesses with the child. Like that is something that I do not want to put my child through. I don't want my child to feel what I feel as far as uh, feeling like an outcast. You know what I'm saying? Like coming around and, and people not paying attention to my, my kid because it's my kid or, or because it's Susie's kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Or whatever it is that whatever issues we got going on, like, heck no. That's why I'm little by little learning to be okay without these people. I mean, do I miss them? Yes. We have a good relationship. Like we had a good relationship, you know, like we had good times. We had a good laughs, you know, like the times that we would hang out, like, you know what I'm saying? Like we enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Like, but that feeling of feeling like an outcast or feeling like you don't fit in. I don't ever want my child to feel that way. Yeah. And it hurts me to know that they don't even reach out to your, your kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, like, as a grandparent, like, how do you not reach out? Can I tell you a story? Yeah. My mom and I got really into it one time, and I'm like, do not come over to my house until you go to therapy. Yeah. She didn't go. But, you know, this damn lady was sneaking over to my house when she knew I wasn't there to see my child. <laughs> she- <laughs> I believe it. I'm you- surprised she didn't try to kidnap her. Yeah. I mean, my mom rides or dies for yeah. my child. Like You can, you can my, tell. My can mom is, it. that's her number one. Yeah. And a half. Um, but you know, like there's never like my child, like mom, I'm sorry to say this, but you know, I love, I love Nana so much, you know? And I, I think for me, I feel like the relationship I wish that I had as a child for, you know, she's do, she's having that relationship with my child, which I love. I think that's just a wonderful thing. And I think, you know, um, we've been very fortunate to have other people in your y'all's family step up and yeah. act like, you know, aunts and uncles. And it's just been remarkable. Like, you know, I, I just, there's just, you know, people that have really supported, you know, our kids so much and like all these things like going to plays, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, like Rosa and Sal, like they, and you guys, you know, like they are there all the time. And we know that, um, they're, they're just supportive and, and even, you know, like, you know, Louie and Jasmine too, just, you know, they're, they're always so loving and supportive to our child. So we're, we're very lucky. There's a lot of people who, who step up. Right. And I think that's what we focus on. Um, we, we don't focus on like, you know, the negative stuff, the loss. I mean, I don't anyways, I know, I know for Frank, he feels it sometimes, especially holidays and stuff. Like these are our kind of like first holidays we've, we've not been celebrating. So I know that's really difficult for him. Um, but you know, I think, you kind of go through that grieving process yeah. and 
you just have to kind of create your own family. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I know that there's some people who will say like, he needs to be the one to, to eat it basically. And we have been doing that for 20 years. We've been tolerating a lot of bullshit and we're not going to do it anymore. Yeah. That's what I'm telling you. Like before I would be like, Oh shit. Karma's like, stop talking about the bitch. You know what I'm saying? But like before I used to be the same way, like I used to be like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to eat it. I'm just going to eat my feelings and just, you know, keep trying or, you know, keep coming around even though I feel some type of way or I, as soon as I would leave wherever I was at on my way home, I would be feeling some type of way. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like, no, tell him, no, do not eat it. <laughs> no, like he does not have, why should he have to be the bigger person? Right. Right. And when you are constantly the bigger person, then what ends up happening is that, you're showing someone, I, I can continue to treat you like this and you're not, there's no consequence. And that's, that's basically why we got to this point because yeah. I think it finally got to a point where it was like, okay, that's it. Like we can't tolerate this anymore. Yeah. And especially when it starts to affect our child. So when it was like stuff that was starting to happen to our child, I was yeah. like, as a mother, fuck that shit. Like I do will not do that. I'm yeah. not going to you know, allow that to happen. And to me, it's like, if you're starting to do things to my child, that's it. Girl, when you have your child, Hell no, I, I will lift a car off of that kid. <laughs> I would, I will beat down anybody when it comes to my child. And that was a conversation we had to have was that, you know, if you don't protect our child from all of this shit, then all hell's going to break loose boys. So you better figure out yeah. what you're, how you're going to deal with this. Cause that was hurting him too. Like, yeah. you know, how are you treating our child in a certain way? You know, someone in his family was doing things that were like, not okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, that was like, I think one of the last straws, but also, you know, there was things he was asking for in terms of like respecting his boundaries about certain situations. And it was basically like, well, that's your fucking problem. And then it became this thing. I know I kind of said this to you, but like where other family members were doing this, throwing the rock and hiding the hand. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, into our face. It was like, oh yeah, I agree. And then going behind our back and then continuing to perpetuate the behavior um, themselves. Yeah. And at that point I'm like, I am wise to the game. <laughs> yeah. And that's not okay. And it's like, you know, they all have to figure out how they are going to, you know, how they're going to be in relationship if that ever happens. Um, and I, I hope for his sake that he's able to do that with them because, you know, they have history, but, you know, and, and I think that's important for him, but, you know, um, I'm tapping out. I'm good. I don't I'm see good. anything getting better to be honest with you. Well, she talks about, troubleshooting relationships with siblings. Um, and especially when there's a sibling who holds the power and the dynamic of the family and that's, that's what's happening. Yeah. 
Um, and so I think what is going to have to happen is, you know, I think a parent is going to have to step up at some point. Otherwise it's going to continue anyways, whatever. But, um, we're, we're going to get deep into that in one of our future episodes. Cause yeah. I think that's a really complicated dynamic is the sibling relationship. That has a power. Girl, we can go on for like a whole another hour. This is good. It is. There's a lot of stuff here to unpack. Yeah, there is. We have two giant suitcases, like the ones we bring home from Mexico with like all the, all the candies and all the purses and everything else. Yeah. 